I want to speak as much as I would like to share with the church and I feel like God would like to minister to us today. And, and today, this, this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject of fear. I've been throwing around the word fear throughout the service because I wanted to share on fear today. The title of my sermon, the sermon is, Do Not Allow Fear to Rule Your Hearts. Do Not Allow Fear to Rule Your Hearts. I think all of us can say that. At some point, I've allowed fear to dictate my decisions. I've allowed fear to tell me what to do. I tell you, fear is the worst master. Fear will always lead us in the, right, in the, in the wrong direction. And all of us face fear of all kinds. And we have to make sure that my life, my decisions, the things I do is not motivated by fear, but should be motivated by faith. Amen? See, you talk to anybody today, you ask them, are you afraid? They will say yes. You look at a teenager, he has something to be afraid of. A, a student who's going to write exam, you know, prayer requests increase. Pastor, pray for me. It's, it's a natural thing to be afraid of everything that's coming your way. Fear sometimes becomes our God. And at every season of life, every stage of life, it's like a, a person might think, I wish I could just make enough money. And then one, once he has made enough money, he'll be thinking, how do I invest? And once he invests, he'll think, how do I guard my investments? Because everything seems to be crashing. There's fear at every level, at every stage, and fear can become our God. But as we look at the Bible, we are reminded, we are instructed that we should not give ourselves over to fear. We should not be afraid of man. We don't have to be afraid of difficult circumstances, difficult situations in life, because our God is with us through everything. So we don't have to be afraid. Amen. And also the Bible instructs us this one thing, that there is one person whom we must fear. Who is that? God. Amen. This, if, if fear can be directed towards one person, that is only God alone. Someone said like this, a beautiful quote, the only fear we should have is the fear of God. When we fear God, we have nothing else to fear. You see, when, when we begin to fear everything around us, we have to stop and check, do I fear God? Because if we have the fear of God in our hearts, what will happen is, naturally, we will not be afraid of the circumstances. Because what will happen is, when we fear God and follow Him, there will be an assurance in our heart that no matter what happens, everything around you may fail. Everything that you thought will be a big resource for you will disappear. Life may change overnight, but because you trust in God, because you trust in God, things will be for the better. Amen? Are you with me? Yes? See, when we think of the future, fear comes no matter what. Think of the future, there's always an uncertainty. And no matter how much we try to overcome that fear, it can still keep coming back. Maybe for some of you here, it's become a routine. When you wake up in the morning, your, your minds, you know, you, you, look at the, you look at your life, you're so excited about the future. But when you come to the end of the day, there is an anxiety. There's a fear that comes into your heart. But you wake up in the morning, you're excited. But in the night, there's fear that fills your heart. And, and, and sometimes we feel so hopeless. We feel so hopeless. But I want you to know something, that no matter what you're facing, that there is hope for you. We sang this beautiful song. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Tommy Walker. How many of you heard of Tommy Walker? 
I know it's, he's not a popular artist like Hillsong or Bethel Music or any, anyone, but he writes songs that are 10 times better than most of these popular artists. And I would highly recommend his songs. He's the one who wrote He Knows My Name um, and, and many other songs that we may sing, but we may not know him, but a great, great artist. I would encourage you to listen because the song reminds us that we have a hope, we have a future. Why? Because our God has planned something glori glorious for us. Even before you were born, every day of your life, your future was written down in God's book for you. Your life is gonna be testimony because God is orchestrating your story. So I wanna encourage you, church, don't give into fear. Don't be worried. If you give into fear, guess what will happen? You'll end up with insomnia, dark circles. <laughs> Everything will come, you know. You'll have some decoration around your eyes telling that you're not sleeping well. There's something that's happening to you. There's someone who said like this, fear can keep us up all night long, but faith makes one fine pillow. Fear can keep us up all night long, but faith makes one fine pillow. I wonder what are you resting on today? When you lie down, when you go to sleep, what are you resting on? Are you resting on faith? Or are you resting on your fears? I pray the church that all of us will rest on faith. Because when we do, I tell you, we will have a deep sleep, a wonderful sleep. Sometimes we wake up in the morning and we're like, I didn't sleep well last night. Maybe our mind wasn't in the right place. Maybe we were resting on fear. And that is why we couldn't sleep well at night. But we must remember that no matter what happens, when we come to the end of the day, we have to end our day in faith, believing that the God who worked today will also do the same thing tomorrow. When we look at the Bible, there are beautiful promises that remind us that we don't have to be afraid. There's a verse in Isaiah 41.10. It says like this, so... Do not fear. Why? Because you're awesome. Why? For God is with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. Look at this word. You know, this word comes to Israel in their depressed moments. They sinned against God, they're thrown into captivity, they're far away from their land, and God speaks to them words of comfort saying, do not fear, for I am with you. If you read the previous verses, Isaiah 48, sorry, 41, verse eight to nine, says like this, but you Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend. Isn't that awesome? What does God say? Hey, your grandfather is my friend. You know, we, we, go, we go somewhere, we go to a company, and the boss looks at us and says, hey, I know your grandfather. We have very close friends. So whatever you need, I'm going to give it to you. God tells Israel, Abraham, my friend. He says, I took you from the ends of the earth. Verse 9, I took you from the ends of the earth. From its farthest corners, I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you, and I've not rejected you. God speaks these words because Israel felt abandoned by God. They felt like they don't have any place with God anymore. They felt rejected, but God says, I have chosen you and have not rejected you. And then comes verse 10, so do not fear. So do not 
fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There's another verse in Deuteronomy 31.6. Deuteronomy 31.6, it says like this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. These words are spoken by Moses to Israel. And he's saying, don't be afraid or terrified because of them. Because they have to take over a nation, to inherit the promised land. Moses reminds them, don't be afraid. Why? Because your Lord, the God, goes with you. He will never leave you, nor forsake you. I tell you, people will leave. Friends who promise us, that they will be with you forever, will leave. People whom you make a lifelong you know, pact will change. But there's one God who will never change. That is Jesus. And because he doesn't change, we don't have to allow fear into our hearts because we know that he'll take care of everything. I like what Psalmist says. You know, sometimes we are so afraid of people, right? What if my boss fires me? What if they let me go? What if this happens? What if that happens? Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I wonder what you're afraid of today. I wonder what is your greatest fear. If you have fear of cockroaches, that's another thing to deal with. <laughs> I, I don't like cockroaches. I, I can deal with anything but cockroaches. My wife has a fear of lizards, which is, I think, common for all the women. And I can d deal with lizards. I have no problem. This is a different kind of fear, that something that we don't have to worry. But are we afraid of people? Are we afraid of what man can do to us? Are we afraid of the circumstances that are surrounding us? I think we have to make this our prayer every day, I believe. We have to make Psalm 27.1 our prayer every day, saying, the Lord is my light, and my salvation, whom shall I fear? Amen. So I encourage you, church, don't be afraid of anything, any situation that comes your, comes your way. I want to share with you a couple of things, two things mainly. First is I want to share with you what happens when we are afraid. Sometimes we may think it's a natural emotion. It's, it's fear is a very common thing. So what happens if I get afraid? You know, there are a lot of things that happens to you spiritually and physically when you are afraid. The second thing I want to share with you is how can we stand against fear? How can we live a fearless life? So I'm going to share these two things with you and I encourage you to take notes and engage with us because as you listen, I believe God will minister to you. The first thing I want to share with you is why, sorry, what happens when we are afraid? One of the first things that happens to us when we fear is that it affects our physical well-being. If you look at fear, see, when a person is afraid all the time, it induces stress into their system. It brings in stress. Now, one or two times, if they're afraid, that's okay. But if they're continually living in fear, what happens is different parts of the body, we can begin to experience pain. I read this article that says, when a person is afraid for a long period of time, it induces stress and that will turn into a chronic stress and eventually that can lead to arthritis 
and inflammatory bowel disease. It can cause auto, autoimmune conditions. So we can fall sick just by entertaining fear into our hearts. Now, when you look at this, it goes to say that our bodies are not designed to handle fear. Because the moment fear comes to us, it's as if something is going into our system that is ready to break it down. And when fear comes, our bodies experience extreme stress. When fear comes, our bodies go into a flight, fight or flight reaction. And some researchers say that what happens is instead of pumping heart to the blood, it starts pumping heart to the limbs so that we can run or react quickly. That's what the changes that are happening. Just imagine a person living in fear. I, I read this article recently. I think this happened somewhere in the north or south, I'm not sure. But there was a family, husband, wife, and a son. And during COVID time, the wife became so paranoid about the whole situation that one day when the husband left for work, this is during the second lockdown, she locked herself in the apartment. She didn't come out for years together. Neither did she allow her son to go out. So she and the son stayed in that apartment for years together. And the husband came back from work that day and he, he, didn't, he was not allowed inside. She told him, take another house for rent and you stay there till everything is over. And this went on for years. So this man approached the police station, asked for help and they said, this is a family matter, we would not like to in intervene. But eventually they agreed and they came and they looked at the condition of the house. It was literally like a garbage because they were not sending any garbage from the house to outside. And it was like anything could have gone wrong. And the cops came in and rescued them just at the right time. There are people who have given themselves over to fear that their every thought is motivated by fear. Their words are motivated by fear. Their actions are motivated by fear. Their relationships are motivated by fear. Fear is ruling them. I tell you, you are not designed to live in fear, but you are called and you are made to live by faith. I tell you, if you live in fear every day, you will feel miserable. You won't be able to accomplish anything for the Lord. You won't be able to think of the future that God has placed you. You'll only be thinking of, how can I escape the situation? I just want to be alone. See, fear can even isolate you, can make you lonely. And I pray that we will not be subject to fear at any point in our life. So one of the first things hap that happens to us when we are afraid is that it affects our physical well-being. The second thing that happens to us when we are afraid is that we lose hope in God and we lose hope in his word. Now, we might begin thinking, you know, once fear comes to us, we will begin thinking, what is the point of trusting? What is the point of believing? And faith will become a very difficult thing to think of or to put it into practice because fear has begun to rule us and we will lose hope in God and his word. If you look at the way the enemy functions, he always functions based on fear. If you study the life of ex-witchcraft, witches or people who have into the, the satanic church, one of the things that you will tell, hear them say is that if they don't accomplish the mission that is given by Satan to them, he will beat them up that night. So I was reading the story of a man called John Ramirez. You can find his books and his, some of his videos online on YouTube. 
In his book, he wrote like this, that he was given a mission to evangelize people, to bring them into the satanic church. That this was his task. So what he would do is, he would dress up in very good, attractive clothes, and he would go to the pubs, and guess who his target audience is? Christians who are in the pubs. That is what he targets. So you know, the Christian who feels like, you know, I don't know what's my life, let me just go, have a drink. And that is where this man would step in. And he would talk to them in such a way that will cause a lot of fear, make them feel hopeless, make them feel empty. And he would say the words that he would speak will literally drain them of their strength. And once they come down to that level, he can make them do whatever he wants them to do. And so then they're invited to the satanic church and then rituals happen, all sorts of things take place. So the way the enemy works is based on fear. He controls you based on fear. I want you to remember this, that if your life is controlled by fear, it's not the presence of God, but it's the presence of an evil one. And you have to make sure that there is no fear in your home. You have to pray over your house, pray over your family, because the more you allow fear, you will lose hope in God and you lose hope in his word. Amen? The next thing that happens to us when we are afraid is that we will be hesitant to take risks. So taking risk, someone said like this, that faith is spelled as risk. There is a lot of risk that comes in the Christian life. There are certain things that God calls us to do that we have to do. That may not seem easy to us, but the day we step in fear and we allow faith to slide, what happens is we will be hesitant to live this life of faith that God desires. You look at the way Paul functioned in his ministry. He says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't live based on what we see and what, is, what we can understand, but we live on a very spiritual level, walking by faith. You know, this, this faith will become a challenge to us. We will become so hesitant to take risks and do what God has called you to do. I believe there are some of you here whom God is calling you to do certain things, but you're hesitant. There is a fear that is attacking you. I want to let you know this. Don't allow your life to be ruled by fear. Because today you may think, it's fine, let me be here. If I do this, something else will happen. But a day will come when you look back and regret saying, I wish I had done that. I wish I had taken up that opportunity. See, fear will make you lose great opportunities. Fear will make you lose really good people around you. And many times, you know, people think that it's better to be, you know, Okay, to be with fear than to operate based on faith. I encourage you, church, do not allow fear because if you do, you'll be hesitant to take risks. Finally, the effect of fear on our life is that it'll make us lonely. It'll isolate us from community. It'll isolate from our own family. We have to remember that we don't have to be afraid of people. There's, there's two things I always tell myself, I remind myself, don't be worried about finances. And second thing, don't be afraid of people. The moment we are afraid of people, the moment we think that if I talk to him, maybe he'll think of me this way, maybe he'll think of me that way, I'm not going to do... You know, we are allowing some kind of fear that isolates us. And I tell you, the enemy loves isolation. Because when we are all by ourselves, that is when he has his way. 
when we're all by ourselves, you know, when we get into conflicts, we may say, leave me alone. I just want to be alone. If you're alone, pray. If you're alone, read, your, read the Bible. Don't, don't take the time to be alone and think how, of uh, what a failure you are. Because if you do, you will receive some more input that you are worse than a failure. And you'll be like, yeah, so bad. There are people who have gone into isolation for days. Why? Because they were filled with all these thoughts. I encourage you, church, don't allow your life to be ruled by fear because if you do, you will be isolating yourselves. As we look at God's word, we are reminded that we don't have to fear because he is with us. There's a beautiful verse in John 14, 27. Jesus tells the disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as, the wor- not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. There's a beautiful reminder to us that we don't have to allow fear because our God is there for us. Because he has given us a peace, not like the world gives. The peace the world gives will change overnight. It may feel good today, but it will change overnight. But the peace that God gives will remain forever. God never promised a world without problems. I wake up in the morning and I expect problems to happen. And it happens. Sometimes we have a very different thinking about life. We think everything is going to be wonderful today. Everything is going to be wonderful. It's not going to be wonderful. You'll begin that day with so much of prayer, singing, and you'll feel like you can move a mountain. And nothing can stop you. But you'll face an impossible situation. And immediately all the things that you did will just come down. It's like deflating a balloon. Everything just just fades away. But we must remember that in everything that we do, we must expect troubles. But in the midst of troubles, there is always the peace that our God has given us. So we don't have to let our hearts be troubled. Amen? Are you with me so far? Yes? So how can we stand against fear? How can we live a life where we do not allow fear to rule our hearts? The first thing is we have to draw close to God every day. We have to spend time in his presence. There is nothing that can ripple fear like the presence of God. If you want to be a person that can be bold and courageous, be a person of prayer. Be a person who studies the word of God. Some people will say, brother, I pray all the time. Wonderful. But do you study the Bible? Do you study the Bible? I just read it, pick up some promise verses and I go about, no. If you think Bible is all about promise verses, you're looking at it as a motivational book. It has life. Study it. Consume the word. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth or someone who said, consume the word until it consumes you. That is where our life has to be. Because when we do that, our hearts will draw close to God. See, how we begin our day matters. We always have this natural tendency to start our day thinking of all the things that we have to do for the day. We wake up in the morning and we think of all the to-do lists, you know. I have to do this, I have to go there, I have to meet this person. But what about just wake up in the morning and say, I know I have a lot to do, but let me spend time with God first. You put God first, I tell you, you will have 
a very bold, a very courageous life. But when we think of, you know, wake up in the morning, my mind, you know, sometimes I wake up, my mind runs at 100 kilometers per hour, just, just thinking of everything I have to do. And I tell myself, you know what, calm down. Nothing is going to happen. We think that, you know, this fear will tell us, if you don't do, it will fail. Remind yourself, nothing is going to happen. I'm going to first spend time in God's presence. I look at the life of Daniel. Daniel was a man of prayer. Prayed three times a day. Was he jobless? Was he, did, didn't he have anything to do in life? No. He was a government officer, but still made time for prayer. Because, because I, I believe this man would have understood the value of prayer. Because the more prayerful you are, you won't mind going into the lion's den. Even if you're thrown into a difficult situation, you'll be like, praise God. Because I know my God walks in the fire. I know my God walks with me. I know my God can shut the mouth of lions. I know my God can do anything. But when we don't have prayer, when we're not drawing close to God, anything can influence us. Any thought can influence us. You know, during this COVID, the first thing that came, you know, people are ruled by fear so much. Just, you know, wear a mask, wear a mask. You know, I got, so the first COVID that happened, the first lockdown, I always buy rice from SPAR in uh, Forum Mall. So at that time, you were not allowed to go beyond your locality. Everything you need, buy it from your locality. But I still, still win. Uh, and the cops stopped me and they, they gave me a earful. <laughs> and you look at people, you know, they were all, you know, wearing masks one upon another. Some people, two, three masks. And then one day I went to the supermarket, all young people. This was the first COVID, first lockdown. Nobody cares about it. <laughs> they were just rubbing against each other. I was a little nervous. And then I saw this, I was like, okay. <laughs> people don't care. You know, sometimes if, if we allow ourselves to worry, we will be filled with worries. But if we allow ourselves to be controlled by the Spirit of God, I tell you, every, in any situation, sickness may come, so what? We must believe that God can heal me. We must believe that God can change my life. So drawing close to God, beginning your day by listening to the voice of God, listening to His Word. When you do that, you will not be able to allow fear to rule your hearts. But once you listen to fear, it's like the, throughout the day, the volume of fear, that voice will keep on increasing and it gets really loud at night. And that's what keeps you up at night. You go to sleep, you cannot sleep. And then you go to Instagram shots or Instagram reels or YouTube shots, all kinds of things come up. See, technology is designed in such a way that you don't have to put much effort in watching videos. I remember when YouTube first, you know, was entering the market, uh, you have to search because the recommendations were not so great. But today, the recommendations are tailored to what you like. And some people even say that the things you speak are recorded. Especially if you have an Android phone, the things you speak are processed and they show you content based on that. So you may be talking to your friend about, hey, I want to buy a shoe. I want to buy this shoe and you open your phone on Amazon, you'll see an advertisement for that show. You know, this is happening. It's targeted marketing, it's happening. So everything that you open in your phone doesn't take much effort. 
doesn't take much effort to be distracted. And so it, it, it draws us away from God. But we must make it very intentional that today I'm going to draw closer to God. I'm going to walk with Jesus today. The more we do that, we will not be able to allow fear to rule our hearts. Second thing about fear, how do we not allow fear? The second thing about fear is that it's a decision that we have to make, that we should make. Let me explain this to you. Look at what Psalmist writes. In Psalm 23 verse 4, Psalm 23 verse 4, he writes like this saying, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I want, to, I want us to focus on the first part of the verse. What is he saying? Even though I walk through darkest valley, I will fear no evil. What is he saying? I may go through difficult times, but I'm making a decision not to be afraid. I'm making, I'm choosing not to be afraid. We must remember that fear is a choice. We can choose to be afraid and we can choose not to be afraid. David says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, what will I do? I will not be afraid. I will fear no evil. Why? The next sentence says, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So for David, walking through the darkest valley, he understood, I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because my God goes before me. His protection is there for me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. They remind me that everything is going to be all right. He's making a conscious choice not to be afraid. There's another verse that reminds us of the same thing. Psalm 27.1, Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know what happens to us? We believe our Lord is my light, my salvation, my everything, but also we allow a little bit of fear. Little bit of fear. Psalmist says, Lord is my light and salvation, whom shall I fear? Why should I allow fear? Why should I allow fear to dominate my heart? Why should I be afraid of what's gonna come tomorrow? Because my Lord is my light and my salvation. Because he is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? We must remember it's a choice that we have to make. Now, first of all, we will be able to make the choice only when we draw close to God. And when we draw close to God, we have the ability now, the strength now to choose not to be afraid. Choose, making a choice. You have to wake up and say, I know terrible things are going to happen today, but I will not fear because God has gone before me. It's a decision that we have to make. I pray the church that each one of us here will make the decision. I'm not going to be afraid today. I know things are going to be terrible, but I am not going to be afraid. I tell you, when you take that stand, your life will be peaceful. But if you allow fear to come, even if nothing happens, you'll feel like my life is over. <laughs> nothing would have happened. I, I see my son sometimes, he, my eldest son, he overreacts. You know, he will fall somewhere and then he will be there. So that we take notice and he will cry, not because it pains, but because something happened to him. Sometimes we behave like that, right? Nothing would have happened, just a little scratch. And then we will like to give big testimonies. God, somehow, it was just a scratch. Don't, 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 don't make it a big scene. Don't make it a big scene. Sometimes we, we think to ourselves that, uh, 
somehow, you know, that if I can just only escape the situation, just, you know, pass through this, somehow just, you know, go through life. But I tell you, we don't have to think that way. We just have to always remember that God is there for me. I will not fear. Whatever happens, whatever happens, I'm just not going to be afraid. There have been times in this ministry, I've, I've had fear in my heart. What about this? What about that? The days I was afraid, I felt like maybe tomorrow I should not have service. The days when I was afraid, I felt like I should invite someone else to speak because I am not ready to speak. And in those moments, the Holy Spirit reminded me that don't do that. Just get on stage and continue to do what you're going to do. And I did. Nothing bad happened. We give ourselves so much to fear and we sometimes feel like our life is over. I like this verse in that song. Tommy Walker writes saying, my life's not over. My life's not over. New beginning has just begun. I want you to know that your life is not over. Maybe you were subject to fear, but nothing has happened to you. Focus on God and he will help you. Finally, I said finally and I was thinking, is this the last point or is there one more? <laughs> the third one, final point, know that you are not in control of your life. Know that you are not in control of your life. But who is in control? God is. Psalm 31 verse 15 says like this, my times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand, hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. The way it's put in New Living Translation is, is much more easy to understand. It says like this, my future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. See, often we fear because we think my life is in my hands. It's not. It's not. It's in God's hands. So we don't have to fear. But the day we think that I am in charge of my life, I am the master of my destiny, fear will take a seat in your life. But the day you realize that my life is not in my hands, that you don't have the power to change anything, you will stop being afraid because now you know there's nothing that you can do to change the situation, but only God can. So you look at what Psalmist is praying, saying, my future is in your hands. Now rescue me from the people who are against me. We look at the life of Nehemiah. There's an incident that happens. Nehemiah and a few other Jews are rebuilding the wall. But some people come to mock him. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1 to 3, says like this, When Sanballat heard that, that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incest, incensed. He ridiculed the Jews and in the presence of his associates from the army and the army of Samaria. He said, Who, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore the wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Verse 3, Tobiah the Ammonite who was at his side said, what, what they are building, even a fox climbing upon it would break down their wall of stones. So Nehemiah and the Jews are rebuilding the wall, but they are being mocked at. And I love Nehemiah's response here. You know, you read verse 4. The response was, Hear us, our God, for we are despised. 
turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. What is the response? When they are mocking, they're not replying back to that mockery immediately, but what are they doing? They're praying. So when they're praying, what does it say? They know that this rebuilding of the wall is happening. If it's happening, it's because of God. It's God's work. You must understand that the job you have is because of God. The life you have is because of God. The career you have is because of God. Everything you're doing is because of God. And if an uncertain situation comes in your career, remember this, God has given you that job and he will keep you stable. And even if you were to lose the job, remember this, he has something new ready for you. You look at what Nehemiah, the people are responding. They're being, they, 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 people are mocking them saying, even if a fox were to climb, it would break down that wall of stones. You know, a fox is not a big animal. They're being mocked at saying, even if something small comes, it's gonna break down. But what do they say? Hear us, our God, for we are despised. They direct their hearts in prayer. And later what happens, the situation escalates, but this is how Nehemiah responds. Verse 14, he says, I'm gonna read the second part of the verse. Nehemiah says, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Nehemiah tells the people, don't be afraid of these people. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. So think of who God is for you. Think of who God is for you. And think of who these people are. You won't have a reason to be afraid of them. And then he goes on to say, fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Sometimes, you know, when we have to respond to people, we don't just have to be quiet. Sometimes we have to talk back. Not in the way they have spoken, but we have to fight back. And we have to do it with the Lord's strength. And then when we do, we will see the victory of the Lord. The people here are not thinking, well, these people have come to terrorize, so maybe I should call some people to terrorize them. Maybe I should threaten them. They're not thinking of it, but they're directing their hearts in prayer. Why? They understood that this building project, that this wall that's is, that is being rebuilt is not because of our strength, but it's because of God's strength. It's not my project, but God's project. I want you to know that you are a project in God's hands. God is shaping you for a beautiful purpose. And if you think that my life is in my hands, you're doomed. Let me tell you that. I know it's a strong word to use, but I want you to know, never think that you are the master of your destiny. You will lose it all in one day if you do. But remember, God is in control of your life. When God is in control, you don't have to worry. You don't have to allow fear to rule your heart. Amen? I don't know where you, you, you might be today and what you might be experiencing, but I want you to know that a God will fight for you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of any situation. The Bible says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, because your God walks with you every day. I, I, remo- I want you to remember this church and put this into practice and remind yourself, I don't have to be afraid. Shall we lift our hands towards heaven and say, Jesus, I don't want to be ruled by fear. 
but I want to be ruled by your spirit. I don't want to give myself over to fear. I don't want to be a slave to fear. Because Lord, you have given us a spirit of power, love. We don't have to be afraid of what man can do to us. Because you have not given that fear, but you've given us the faith. A faith that will make us bold and courageous. Just as Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when they were put in the fire, they were not afraid of the fire. They were not afraid of the king's commands. They were not afraid of the heat. Because they knew that you are the God who walks in the fire. Help us, Lord. Help us to remember these truths that we may put them into practice every day, that we will not give into fear. Help us. We thank you, Jesus, for speaking to us through your word, reminding us that you are by our side. We thank you for your never-ending, sweet, wonderful presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.